Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Can we open in a, a word of prayer here? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this evening that we can get together and just learn more about these men that you called um, to be your disciples and to just uh, go to all nations. And um, may we see their example and uh, may you give me the words to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, over the fat past few weeks, um, we have taken a look um, into men whom Jesus surrounded himself with during his earthly ministry. Jesus' ministry only spanned three to four years in his early 30s. Um, And these men, as we have come to know them as the 12 disciples, were to be the foundation um, for spreading the gospel to all nations. And just like the nations of this world, with varying cultural and societal norms, Jesus picked these men uh, with unique backgrounds and personalities to be appropriately equipped to carry uh, this message to them. So we've looked at Andrew. He was a prior disciple to John the Baptist. Um, John the Baptist was man, um, literally the one paving the way for Jesus' ministry. And then we have James and John, who we looked at uh, last week. Um, they were two brother fishermen who left the family business to follow Jesus. Um, James would actually become the first disciple to be martyred, so he had a quite short ministry. Um, while John, contrary, would live out his days and receive the last revelation from God on the desolate island, island of Patmos. So tonight we are going to look at Matthew, the tax collector. So not many of the professions um, of the disciples are known. We um, know about the fishermen, Matthew the tax collector, and then the zealot, which you're actually going to hear about next week. Um, but often, um, how often are we like, defined by our profession. Uh, it's usually one of those things that we disclose about ourselves when we meet new people, right? So like, hi, I'm Corey. I'm a web developer. <laughs> uh, but how often does that really not tell the whole story of who we are? Like, I've built a house. I have six kids around here somewhere. <laughs> we raise chickens. Uh, and we like to go on fairly long lo- road trips and hike all over the place. So not exactly some you know, things you would expect from someone that just literally sits in front of a computer and programs all day. So why are we told Matthew's profession? So during this time, the Roman Empire occupied the entire area, and they were seen as enemies of the Jewish, um, enemies really in the Jewish homeland. Well, empires need uh, money to operate, and tax collectors were employed by the Romans to collect. Since Matthew was a tax collector working for the Romans, he would have been viewed as an enemy or a traitor to Jewish people. However, Matthew was not a Roman, so he would not have enjoyed the full benefits of being a Roman citizen. So tax collectors at the time, they weren't actually paid a salary, but they often lived very comfortable lives and became wealthy by overtaxing other people. If you owed this much, they would just keep adding on and then they would just take that for themselves. So because of this, can you really blame like, the Jewish people for treating tax collectors as outcasts and 
really kind of hating them. Um, so they were just getting rich off of you as you kind of scraped by to make a living. And on top of that, they were working for people you viewed as your enemy. I think in the hierarchy of like untouchables in Jewish culture, there were lepers, and then there were tax collectors. And that's a perfect person for Jesus to redeem. So with that, the account of Jesus um, calling Matthew, who was also called Levi, um, can be found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the passages from Matthew and Luke are pretty similar. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. And it reads, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And then again we read in Luke 5, 20, verses 27 and 28. After this he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, who was also Matthew, human, at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And then in Mark, the next account, um, chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, we get a little bit more context about what Jesus was doing when he called Matthew. He went out, he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as, that, and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me, and he rose and followed. So the verses surrounding um, the, this account in all three Gospels detail a lot of Jesus' early ministry, which was based in, Caper, in Capernaum, and uh, during which he often preached on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Um, so in that time, Capernaum was believed to be the population of around 1,500 people. So basically Glendon, right? If we think about it and for a scale, you get a sense of it. So it was also situated on the Sea of Galilee, making it a prominent trading city in the region, but it also employed a lot of people as fishermen. So based on the readings, um, it's reasonable to believe that Matthew's tax booth was either along a road that Jesus um, used to get to the sea to do his preaching, or it could have actually been on the seashore itself taxing fishermen as they brought in their daily hauls. So we don't know much about Matthew's background or exposure to the Jewish tradition prior to answering Jesus' call. He was, brought up, was he brought up knowing about the Messiah in the synagogue? Uh, was he Jewish only by heritage? Um, these are things we just don't know. However, um, because of his profession, profession as a tax collector, he would have been viewed as a sinner by the Pharisees and unable to worship in the synagogue. So it is very likely that he had little exposure to Jewish teachings during his time. Um, so, but despite all of this, thinking again, you know, kind of the size of Glendon compared to Capernaum, if there's this guy walking around with large crowds, performing miracles, preaching on the corner, let's say, Highway 10 and Park Avenue, right? Um, it'd be pretty hard not to notice him or like at least wonder about this guy. Um, so regardless about Matthew's exposure to Jesus prior to this, or knowledge of the coming Messiah, when Jesus said, follow me, he followed. Um, I'd like to jump ahead in the book of Matthew here uh, to draw a comparison between Matthew and another rich young man's response to Jesus. In Matthew 19, verses 16 to 22, we find the account of the rich young ruler. And it reads, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. 
Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell all you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Now note the difference here, though. When a young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So let's just do a quick compare and contrast, right? Okay. They both, Matthew and the rich man, both possess great material wealth. Matthew is a Jewish outcast, while the rich man, he approached Jesus saying, Teacher, so likely he was a faithful Jewish man. So, but what's the difference? Why did one drop everything and the other became discouraged? The difference? Their heart. Matthew gave up a comfortable life, but the other could not. One recognized his need for something greater in his life, while the other was unwilling to sacrifice. Is Jesus telling us that we need to give up everything and follow him? Not necessarily. But maybe. It comes down to God's calling on our life and how we can be used in his kingdom. So besides abandoning his job, status, income, what did Matthew do as a response to Jesus' call to follow him? He gathers all of his fellow outcasts, tax collectors, and sinners, and he has a dinner party. A great feast, it's actually called in Luke. So because of, Jesus, because of what Jesus stirred in him to follow him, he wanted for others like him. And we read about this continuing in Matthew 9, verses 10 to 11. And as Jesus reclined at the table of the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And the, self, like, the self-righteousness of like, the Pharisees like, always gets me. Like, they had all of the teachings, the documents, the history, to show them the Messiah. Um, but they were just blind by their own pride. They had the Savior of the world in the flesh, sitting like, right in front of them, and they couldn't get beyond the fact that he was breaking bread with sinners, right? So then Jesus gave uh, like one of the best responses um, when he heard their concerns. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this is continuing in verse 12 here, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So on paper, the rich young ruler, the Pharisees, they kept all the commands, they did all the things right, hung out with the right people, and, but they missed the most important part, their need for a savior. They thought they could do everything themselves. But just like the Pharisees or the rich young ruler, we too can mislead ourselves with our own pride and think we can do it on our own, thinking we are the righteous. However, just like them, we'd be mistaken. Our sin separates us from God, there's nothing we can do to gain salvation like the rich man desired. Matthew was, a rejected, was rejected by his people. He was cast aside, and he lived as a sinner. But when Jesus met him at his tax booth, he did not list off a bunch of accolades, recite a bunch of laws he kept, or attempt to buy his way into eternity. No, he dropped it all, and he followed. And we too should identify ourselves with Matthew as, the, as a sinner in need of a savior. Um, so after Matthew's initial calling, um, there's really not much mentioned about him. He's only in a few times in the scriptures. Um, there's like these roll calls where it talks about all the disciples who are present at certain events, um, and he's mentioned in there. Um, 
However, he does write one of the books of the gospel, self-entitled Matthew, right? Um, and the other books of the gospel are Mark, Luke, and John. Um, the book of Matthew is believed to be written around um, the years 55 to 65 AD, um, which is roughly 20 years after Jesus' time on earth. Um, the book of Matthew was written in Greek, and the uh, primary focus uh, was the evidence of the Old Testament and prophecy fulfillment for Jesus being the Messiah. Um, he primarily read it, like, wrote it initially for the Jewish people, but then it was just taken to the Gentiles, which is us. Um, the book details many parables, uh, miracles, and teachings of Jesus' ministry. It provides uh, further evidence that Jesus was truly the Messiah that Jesus was, had been waiting for. In chapter 1, Matthew um, starts the book off with a complete genealogy of Jesus, all the way back to Abraham, through David, and then to Joseph and Mary. This fulfilled prophecy that Jesus would be from Abraham's lineage, which is found in Genesis 22:18, And because of that, he was from the line of David. Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the Roman census, which was a prophecy in Micah, chapter 5, from 1 to 2. So some of the other highlights from the book of, um, are Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which includes the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. Those are found in Matthew chapters 5 and 7. In, co in contrast to that, later on in chapter 23, Matthew records Jesus' warnings, um, known as the seven woes to scribes, the Pharisees, and the hypocrites who are actually looking to pollute the truth of God's word. Uh, Matthew closes his book with the recounting of Jesus' arrest, the trial, crucifixion, and then subsequently Jesus' resurrection in chapters 26 to 28. And just as Jesus simply called Matthew to follow him, in chapters 28, verses 19 to 20, he leaves his disciples with these instructions, which is also known as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to always to the end of the age. Uh, beyond that, little is known of Matthew's ministry following Jesus' ascension. And from what is known, there are kind of conflicting sources and evidence, but the prominent evidence shows that Matthew went to be a missionary in Ethiopia or parts of Africa and Asia. And then again, surrounding his death, um, there's varying reports, but the evidence would suggest like most other disciples, um, they were martyred while acting as missionaries to go and uh, while they're carrying out the Great Commission. Um, but what we do know is that Matthew answered the call of his Savior, and although he was rejected by his own people, he did not reject them, but wrote to them, imploring them, and consequently us, to recognize Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, just calling these men um, to you and to send them to the world. Um, that is uh, why we know of you and why we're here, Lord. And then uh, we just, we hope that we follow their example and that we, you, uh, we're so thankful for your son, Jesus, and who died on the cross for our sins, Lord. And uh, pray that we can be like Matthew and just answer your call. In Jesus' name, amen.